Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is something that is on a lot of people's radars these days, and more and more cases are being diagnosed. I'm talking about ADHD, and not just for children. I'm hearing more and more adults, particularly women, in their 30s and in their 40s being diagnosed with ADHD. We're going to talk about that from the psychological standpoint with somebody that helps people with this and so much more. She's an author of two great books. She helps people all the time. She has so much insight. And she's back with us. Dr. Ann Creekmore is on the program. Hi, Ann. How are you? Good, Steve. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you. Uh, why do you think that more people are being diagnosed nowadays with ADHD? The, the number of cases could have been the same back in the day, but maybe it's more on our radar. What are your feelings? Yeah, that's. I think you made some good points. I mean, I think one is that it's just more on our radar. Um, people are more open to, you know, the concept of neurodivergence, right, and, and more aware of things. So th that can be part of it. Um, and um, so I don't know, you know, I, I think also um, that eating, you know, I think protein and stuff is very important for brain functioning and the healthy stuff. And maybe it, it has something to do with that as well, as far as our, you know, um, you know, as far as just our, our environment and what we take in to our system could have something to do with it as well. That's just a, wow. my opinion. You asked for it. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. I think that definitely uh, gives us something to uh -huh. think about there. Uh, uh -huh. When you mentioned protein, is it because people don't ingest enough protein in our diets nowadays, or is it the type of protein? Let's, let's put the microscope on that. Okay. Um, well, the hallmark of ADHD is impulsivity. And the idea is that the frontal lobes, executive functionings, where you think, you know, thinking before acting is just a little sluggish, like the neuro brain neurotransmitters are only flowing about 90% processing speed versus 100%. And um, they have found that, uh, I don't know, they have theories like, and there are different other types of ADHD too, which we can talk about as well, but generally classic ADHD, as I call it now, even the inattentive type is called ADHD. Um, the idea is that maybe the brain, you know, it's, it's uh, it, the brain neurotransmitters are attached to fatty acids or you're kind of the omega threes in your brain. And if you don't, eat well at, uh, I mean, if your brain for some reason isn't getting enough oxygen or nutrition or protein or whatever, then the idea is that that, or you don't absorb it as well, who knows, um, then that can affect your processing speed. Um, and that's why they, they, you know, they, um, pro, you know, uh, prescribe the stimulants or amphetamines because then it will increase the processing speed. But then they also recommend, um, you know, that if you increase your protein or you increase your omega-3s, um, like in the fish oils, um, that to a certain level, they've actually had studies where they compared uh, Ritalin with, um, I think it's 5,000 milligrams of the omega-3s within a fish oil mm -hmm. daily. And they were kind of equally effective for that because oh. the brain neurotransmitters actually attach to the... Um, 
to the fatty acids in your brain. So if you increase and enrich your in uh, your brain, it kind of is healing, and and then everything is uh, attaches and flows at the right level. Uh, wow. The brain. Are- Interesting. Yeah. I got mm-hmm. back on fish oil about six months ago, maybe a little bit more than that. I took it back in the day. <laughs> I always wrestle with, I'm never sure how much I should take. Uh, I'm taking, oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah, well, it's, a, I know it's a really good question because it, it actually is a lot, I think, according to the studies, because it, when you, uh, they say 5,000 milligrams, they're not talking about the fish oil. That, that is 5,000 milligrams. They're talking about the omega-3s and so on within it to add to that level. And so when you actually try it, you, when you get a brand, for example, you know, you can read, well, how much actually of the omegas is it per gel cap? Because they're generally gel caps that you take. And then you have to kind of also look at the top of the uh, back of the bottle and say, well, it's saying it has this much in it. Uh, total omega is 750. Let's just say, for example. Then you look up and then it's in two gel caps. So really you're talking about, what, 375 or something in one gel cap. So if you're supposed to reach up to 5,000 for the ADHD, if, you know, uh, uh, to improve the ADHD, to reduce impulsivity, increase the focus memory, then you're talking about how many would that be? If it's at 350 in each one, you're talking like taking 14, 16 a day, which is a lot. So you have to really be particular and uh, with your brand and so on. And um, and there's also some vegan ones. Apparently, it, the fish oils uh, to be trans to cross the blood brain barrier that's why it has to be so high it does the cholesterol stuff or the circulatory stuff lower but when you want it to cross the blood brain barrier with the fish oil type it's it's got to be a pretty high dose not that you know and then of course you can add things like eating salmon that's that's i think something that contains some of the highest protein content plus it's got all the omega-3s in it um things like that you know can add in but but you really couldn't get enough if you look at a can of salmon to have it, you know, to add up to that amount, but it'll help. For me personally, I, here's the reason why I stopped taking it because I got, Uh I got a couple of nosebleeds because it does thin your blood, which is, which is a good thing. Correct. Right. You have to watch the side effects of anything. Even foods, things you eat or supplements can have side effects as well. So it's finding that right balance. And I, I would get the same thing if I take a, you know, certain pain reliever. I was getting get confused which one thins your blood, is, you know, Tylenol, Advil. I think it's Advil. I, I don't know. I don't take any of them anyway. Right. But Correct. The, the couple of times I did, that's what happened. So now it's always on my radar. And then I went back to fish oil and I believe I'm taking two 1,000 milligram capsules. Uh-huh. Whatever, whatever that means. I don't have any nosebleed problems, so I guess it's okay. Right, exactly. So it agrees with you, and that's what, you know, it, it you want to take it for the purpose, but it also has to agree with your body, and you're right. the only one who can tell what's happening. Um, I'm, all, I'm familiar, too, with another um, omega-3 that's a vegan type. I think it has a little krill or something in it, but it's krill mostly oil. like yes. a vegan yeah. one. Yeah, and it's called... Um, I'll just mention just because I've had um, a lot of clients that, you know, really seem to respond to that and you can get it through Amazon, like everything else. And which is great. And it is called accentrate, like accentrate, A-C-C-E-N-T-R-A-T-E. 
And it has, I think, a little vitamin D, which is really good for fatigue. A lot of people are deficient in vitamin D, a little B. The B vitamins are good for your brain and your nervous system. And then it's got a, a vegan type of the omegas so that it crosses over without having to reach that massive level um, in the, through the fish oil way. So that's a good, and it makes, mm. they're for children and for adults. They have gummies, they have, and that can be a, a good way for the, um, increasing your omegas. Well, your brain. a couple of, couple of thoughts on what you just said, Anne. Um, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned, I thought you said krill and some Correct. nutritionists tell me krill oil, which is, uh, a shellfish as I understand Correct. it. I'm not a big Correct. seafood guy, uh, is better than fish oil. But above all of that, whatever you take in terms of fish oil, krill oil, you have to make sure that it's of high quality. Uh, I've been told by uh, nutrition experts, you can't just walk into any uh, pharmacy and just say, oh, let me grab this off the shelf. You have to use certain brands if you really want to get maximum potency out of it. And you just said vitamin D. I was over the summer, I took a routine blood test, deficient in vitamin D to the point where the doctor said, this is the lowest we've ever seen. We've never oh seen my it. That- yeah. Oh. And, uh-huh. and then when I thought about it, I was feeling lethargic. I was feeling like brain fog and just wasn't just. Right. Have- it's amazing, you know, how much it can affect you if you're deficient in vitamin D. Who would mm-hmm. even think, you know, it's. You oh, know- now it's, we're getting to know these things, kind of like we're getting more knowledgeable. Well, about how to help ourselves. The, the thing, you know, vitamin D, uh, many don't realize, and I didn't either until I talked to the doctor, is that you need vitamin D and a correct level because it helps you absorb other vitamins. Right. Correct. Critical, essential. <laughs> so right. yeah, you got the, these things you got to watch. I, exactly. And that's a good point. Like with vitamin B, from what I understand, um, from the integrative physicians that, you know, some people like just take like a B12 or something, but it, you have to take it within the context of B complex in order for it to work, for it all to absorb. Or likewise, like if you want to take calcium, you're going to have like a two to one with the magnesium for the calcium to be absorbed. There's a lot of things. That's why it's so good if you can have both a regular, you know, a traditional physician who's spent all that training and experience on knowing, you know, the body and what medications help or surgeries or whatever. And then you also have your complementary or your integrative mm-hmm physicians that have gotten the extra specialty in all the health, nutrition, vitamins, supplements, the research on it, you know, and the brands and all that. And then you're kind of bringing it together so you can get the care for your health um, that fully for your health that way. I, sure. And that's where you kind of learn those things. Mm-hmm. Well, we pivoted for just a, a couple of minutes here, uh, but rightfully yes. so, because all of this comes into play, even for somebody that is challenged by, or somebody in your life challenged by ADHD in terms of, of proper nutrition. How about some of the other things that uh, you can you can share with us when it comes to ADHD? Right. Um, and also they found, you know, that people have allergies to just stay a little bit with that, just one for a little um, more just that, you know, we can have allergies, skin allergies. Um, we can have, can you see me now? Yeah, I'm I got so, you. 
Okay, good. Um, and so, uh, so just watching to see what things kind of trigger, you know, fogginess and stuff like that, you know, can absorb your body and what you eat um, and see what affects you and what, what makes you feel good. You know, certain foods you find, you know, can make you feel energetic and other ones make you feel logy and kind of be aware of that as well. Um, the idea is that though with the, to get back to the topic of, uh, you know, the hallmark feature of ADHD is impulsivity. That's, that's the issue. People, you know, when you, uh, if you're, if you have that, they tend to do things impulsively without thinking before acting. So there's a lot of strategies to use to, um, kind of slow yourself down and, um, and so you may kind of like be moving, but not really thinking about what you're supposed to be doing. So you can, you know, just basic stuff, like keep lists, you know, it, it can help, you know, just to have lists of different areas. So you don't forget something, you know, like your list before work or your list for work um, and just kind of keep yourself on track with just and signs for like if you have a family member that you know is very forgetful or ADD like how it, it does help sometimes just have some basic signs up just like when we're starting a new habit right to kind of a little post-it or an affirmation or mantra for something but just small things like even at the door don't forget and then has a little list of the things you don't want to forget there um so just to kind of keep insight in mind kind of things. Is there also uh, people who struggle with ADHD, the procrastination portion of it as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because there's different types of ADHD. Like, um, you know, they, Dr. Amen, Daniel Amen, he has some ADHD centers as well as he has also the kind of the integrative centers. He's a psychiatrist. He does the uh, brain specs for, you know, just seeing what's happening in the brain for different types of conditions. Um, then, I'm sorry, I, now I got ADD. <laughs> yeah. what, was I, what was your question again? I want to be sure. No, the the pro- procrastination portion of it. I, like- I don't actually have ADD, but I can, yeah. I think I say I do now. I didn't used to, but I feel like I do. <laughs> I'm teasing. Mm-hmm. I got you. Well, you know, we, the procrastination. You know, yes. one, one side you have the impulsive side, and then the other, where it's like, let me marinate on that. I'm going to procrastinate. I'm not going to move forward with that. Um, I see it from both sides. Exactly. Well, say in his, uh, he has a really interesting book called Healing ADD, or I think it's still called ADD because I used to call it that instead of ADHD. And uh, he, by brain specs, he, he, uh, breaks it down to about six, seven types of ADD. And the one I'm thinking of that relates to your question is the more temporal, uh, the temporal lobe in your brain, where uh, usually there's time management is there, what's on your radar to take care of things. And people can be sluggish in that area, not just sluggish, say, in the frontal lobes, but sluggish in the temporal. And uh, when they... Uh, and they, you know, nothing's really on their radar, you know, for time. And they, they just, they just don't have a sense of caring about it because it's just sluggish. And, um, so that can be, you know, that can be something, but then any of the things that you do for yourself will help with that type of it as well. 
How about some suggestions in general? I mean, you mentioned before making lists, staying on task when you have Mm -hmm. ADHD. Um, And that's my first question. The second one, in my understanding, it is hereditary. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts there too? Yes, that's that, it does tend to run in families. So that's one way you can kind of, that's why I think sometimes people, you know, when they're adults, their child will be having some problems at school and maybe a teacher will mention, I think maybe you could get him checked out for ADHD and find out that he has it. But then you've got the same symptoms, you know, growing up and so on when it wasn't so as popular to address it. Um, and you go and you find out that you've got it yourself. You know, so sometimes it kind of it, you find out later, like you said, as an adult, that maybe you've been having this. As, and uh, so, I mean, I would recommend the book, the uh, Daniel Almond's book, ADD. It actually has the questionnaire in there and you can actually score it for his different types of ADD. Um, some people, for example, um, their limbic system is overactivated. Some people have emotional, in a sense, emotional types of ADHD, or their emotional, they're like their whole brain, like in a bipolar type of thing, is overactivated. So they may act impulsively from that, or their uh, limbic system, their emotional act, uh, system is overactivated. And so they perceive threat quickly and kind of react, fight or flight. You know, and that Mm. your brain's full of adrenaline. You're not thinking more scattered. Anxiety centers could be up. There's different types he has, but that book, I'm sorry. looks like you want to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, the, is, what is the difference, if any, ADD and ADHD? The H is hyperactivity, right? Correct. Correct. And they used to have it in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual as the ADD, attention deficit disorder. And you could either have it as being just inattentive. Some people are more inattentive, but they're not hyperactive with it, or they don't have the physical symptoms stuff, Um, like, you know, running around the classroom or whatever it might be. They're just kind of inattentive and they go unnoticed and I get help because they're just sitting there nicely. But now they've changed the name in the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders to ADHD. And so instead of, so you can have the inattentive type more, or you can have the type with the hyperactivity, but it's all called ADHD now. So hmm. mm-hmm. is, you know, it's interesting you say that uh, with the hyperactivity thing, a lot of kids are very hyperactive when they're younger. And as I've, I've learned here, I used to think my friend's son may have had ADHD uh, mm-hmm. because at six years old, he was like all over the place. And mm-hmm. as I've learned in the last couple of years that many times it's not even ADHD or anything close to it. It's because boys are so much more, let me see if I can uh, phrase this, emotionally intelligent than girls when they're younger and they don't know how to, how to deal with it. They're, they're far superior uh, than we give boys credit for. And then it's also suppressed where people say big boys don't cry. And now you got a kid who's just, he's, he's emotional because that he is boys are more according to some that research that I've heard. Any thoughts on that? Oh, I think that's very interesting. Um, can you talk more about that? Where did, where did you hear that? I mean, generally 
you know, thought that boys are more physically active than girls and they, you know, girls are more sedentary so that, you know, when they're young, they're going to be more physically active. But you've heard you're, you're what tell us more about that, about the emotional sense or intelligence. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who told me that it's somebody who deals with children um, uh, they might be a, a coach or of, of that level, mm-hmm. um, but they they were making it their life's work, even writing writing a book about it that it's it's never talked about. But if you look into research that boys, when they're, you know, let's say even three, four, five, six, emotionally, they're so much more developed than girls at that age, but they're not mature enough to know how to deal with the emotions. Uh-huh. They can process it or they can understand it that I, I'm, I have this emotion, but I don't know what to do with it. What, it, what happens? They just go <laughs> crazy in terms of hyperactivity because they're not really sure you know, how to process it. Um, but, and, and it would be our thought that girls would be you know, more emotionally intelligent um, but it's really not the case. I, I, we have to Google that even more. And this is something yes, that the last year I heard. Be interesting. Can you give me an example of that? Like what you're thinking, you know, um, an example of that emotion. So you're saying that the emotional sensitivity, they're picking up on other people's, you know, emotions, for example. Yeah. Yep. And then they don't really know how to process it. To- with it, how to process it. And so they get stressed in a sense, are you saying? I mean, that they're more, you know, they get kind of, they express it. Well, children in general will express things through physical, you know, yes. through their physical. And that's why we use play therapy with children. Children may not come in and talk about their feelings and their problems, but if you sit them down with a little, uh, do, you know, dollhouse, little toy house, toy figures in a school and a bus in the house with the, all the family and the doggy and everything. They'll play out stories that will usually show what's on their mind, what's what is bothering them. Or they'll just come home from school and they're in their little playroom area and they'll be, you know, if they're worried about school, maybe they'll set up their dolls and they'll be the teacher. You know, and it's their way of acting out their uh, anxieties or what's on their mind. And you can kind of observe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and take that take that to another level. Let's say, let's say a child, a boy's parents are, um, maybe they're not getting along some, sometimes. Maybe there's some discussion in the house. Exactly. Uh, that can be emotional now to a boy who, according to this research and what I've heard, uh, uh-huh. is, is more intelligent emotionally, but not in terms of how to process it, then it's, they, they turn hyperactive. That's the only way that, that they, I guess, burn off the emotion or how to deal with it. Um, right. short of crying. And then what happens again, we have a boy who cries was the first got big boys. Don't cry. There's been songs made right. about it. Uh, right. so, you know, from our culture, generations ago, boys have been told to suppress their emotions you know, right. you, you, you got to be a man, you know, you're seven years old, yeah, be a man. Right. But that's not the reality. <laughs> you know, they're, right. they're more sensitive according to all of this. Yes. And then they, you know, that can be a way children sometimes get triangulated into their parents' problems where they will act out to kind of get focus off of their parents arguing. Like they become kind of a, can be a scapegoat. Um, 
for, you know, kind of deflecting or getting people yeah. to look at their, them. Their it's problems. A, it, yeah, I, I totally gotcha. I'm, um, and, and yes, maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's not, but totally what you're saying there is, you know, if, you hear you're a child, you hear your parents maybe having a discussion, maybe an argument, whatever it might be. Then you mm-hmm. create a ruckus over here because you're trying right. to break them apart and put the focus over here as opposed to being uh, focused on the, uh, the whatever's going on there, whatever challenges they're going right, through. Right, that your parents might be breaking up or something that they're right. fighting yeah. and not wanting, so getting taking it on yourself instead. Right, yeah. acting out to get the attention, and all of this, um, all of this that we're talking about goes to uh, one thing, and that is that, and we've talked about this before, how much of what children deal with in their early years, you know, five, six, three, five, four, six, seven, whatever it is, absolutely. they take with them in their subconscious, and exactly, and then they deal with that later exactly. in life. Uh, we're out of time. I just keep going oh, here. Wow. <laughs> just like, like zooms on by yeah. uh, no pun intended what um what's the best way to find you Anne? if uh you know we're talking about adhd and a lot of other stuff today in, in including um supplements and <laughs> we went down to fish oil road yeah, uh, yeah. adhd is one of my special ears too so how do we connect um, a psych- well you just go to my website psychologists in virginia all spelled out in plural uh, dot com and it should have all my info right on there and or they can go by my name, <laughs> Ann Creekmore, probably fun. <laughs> and, and also, just to share, you have some really great books, especially uh, Love Your Life or Love Yourself, Love Your Life, um, which the information is available there and also on Amazon under your pen name, which is your maiden name, AP Filosa, right? Correct. Yeah. You got it. Excellent. Great, great talking with you, Ann. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Great talking to you, too. You, too. We'll, we'll catch up soon. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. (laughs) No, you hold my hand. Here we go. (laughs) Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey, (laughs) we're pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Might have to start a band. (laughs) I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. <laughs> Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.